At around 7 p.m. on the 8th of November 1932, Nadia Aleluyeva Stalin, aged 31, the oval-faced and brown-eyed wife of the Bolshevik general secretary, was dressing for the raucous annual party to celebrate the 15th anniversary of the revolution. Puritanical, earnest but fragile, Nadia prided herself on her Bolshevik modesty, wearing the dullest and most shapeless dresses, draped in plain shawls with square-necked blouses and no makeup. But tonight she was making a special effort. In the Stalin's gloomy apartment in the two-story 17th-century Potyeshny Palace, she twirled for her sister Anna in a long, unusually fashionable black dress with red roses embroidered around it, imported from Berlin. For once she had indulged in a stylish hairdo instead of her usual severe bun. She playfully placed a scarlet tea rose in her black hair. The party, attended by all the Bolshevik magnates, such as Premier Molotov and his slim, clever and flirtatious wife Polina, Nadia's best friend, was held annually by the defence commissar, Voroshilov. He lived in the long, thin horse guards building just five steps across a little lane from the Petyshny. In the tiny, intimate world of the Bolshevik elite, those simple, cheerful soirees usually ended with the potentates and their women dancing Cossack jigs and singing Georgian laments. But that night, the party did not end as usual. Simultaneously, a few hundred yards to the east, closer to Lenin's mausoleum and Red Square, in his office on the second floor of the triangular 18th-century Yellow Palace, Joseph Stalin, the general secretary of the Bolshevik party, and the Vojd, the leader of the Soviet Union, now 53, 22 years Nadia's senior and the father of her two children, was meeting his favoured secret policeman. Yenrich Yagoda, deputy chairman of the GPU, a ferret-faced Jewish jeweler's son from Nizhny Novgorod with a Hitlerish moustache and a taste for orchids, German pornography and literary friendships, informed Stalin of new plots against him in the party and more turbulence in the countryside. Stalin, assisted by Molotov, 42, and his economics chief, Valerian Kuibyshev, 45, who looked like a mad poet with wild hair, an enthusiasm for drink, women, and, appropriately, writing poetry, ordered the arrest of those who opposed them. The stress of those months was stifling, as Stalin feared losing the Ukraine itself, which in parts had descended into a dystopia of starvation and disorder. When Yagoda left at 7.05pm, the others stayed talking about their war to break the back of the peasantry, whatever the cost to the millions starving in history's greatest man-made famine. They were determined to use the grain to finance their gargantuan push to make Russia a modern industrial power. But that night, the tragedy would be closer to home. Stalin was to face a personal crisis that was the most wounding and mysterious of his career. He would replay it over and over again for the rest of his days. At 8.05pm, Stalin, accompanied by the others, ambled down the steps towards the party, through the snowy alleyways and squares of that red-walled medieval fortress, dressed in his party tunic, baggy old trousers, soft leather boots, old army greatcoat, and his wolf Shapka with earmuffs.
His left arm was slightly shorter than the other, but much less noticeable than it became in old age, and he was usually smoking a cigarette or puffing on his pipe. The head and the thick, low hair, still black but with specks of the first grey, radiated the graceful strength of the mountain men of the Caucasus. His almost oriental, feline eyes were honey-coloured, but flashed a lupine yellow in anger. Children found his moustache prickly and his smell of tobacco acrid, but as Molotov and his female admirers recalled, Stalin was still attractive to women, with whom he flirted shyly and clumsily.